When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Well, this, this is going to be a weird edition of Talking Real Money because it's like a billion degrees in my house. Okay, I'm exaggerating a little. But man, it is hot here in the Talking Real Money studios in Florida, Tom. How hot is it, is Don? It? I, no? Actually, oh. I think it's in the low 80s right now because the air conditioning is completely shut off in the house. Uh, new units are being installed as we speak. Um, the sweat is rolling as we speak as well. I can see it coming right down your well, face there. If, if you look behind me, if, well, you, you see the you fans. Can see it. You can see that I got a fan blowing on my that's, back to keep me from our pooling. biggest fan right there, yeah, right our, behind you. Actually, and it's a pretty fan. small fan, so that tells you a lot about the show. Indeed, it does, sir. So, um, so Sorry. anyway, um, we're here to talk money, which is what we do almost every day here on Talking Real Money. This is the audio podcast, and then uh, we'll ha- follow it up, hopefully, with a video. One might just be audio. We don't know how to work, but right now, the sync seems to be good, so we're going to go with that. <laughs> we're going to go. We're just going to live with that. We're Please. just going to assume that that works. I'm Don McDonald. Tom's Hi. over there. Hey. Uh, Tom Cock. And uh, today, it's all about. Oh, it's almost anachronistic. It's it's truly yeah, becoming it, an anachronism, it and it, it it almost needs to be an anachronism. It needs to be something that is past tense because the math has never really worked anyway. This is, and what we're talking about is pensions. Back in 1857. <laughs> Which is before we started this podcast, by the way, but not by a lot. The city of New York created the first public pension for its police officers. And it's been getting the, the, over the years into the early 20th century, uh, mid 20th century, the benefits got bigger and bigger and bigger. And they got to the point where, where uh, these employees were taken home when they retired at 55. Uh, they were taken home pretty much uh, a big chunk of their salary anyway. And and the math doesn't work. And let me just give you the number about pensions. Here's, here's a simple number. This will kind of put it in perspective for you. To support one person, one person retiring at age 65 until just before age 90 at $50,000 a year, adjusted for inflation. That's 25 years at 50 grand, right? Is that yeah. what that is? 65 yeah. 90? Yep. Okay. That requires- How much? A million dollars that that goes away completely. That it, it's at a four at a four percent return. A million dollars will last until eighty nine, approximately, adjusted for inflation. Then it's then the money's gone. So it requires a huge chunk of money per yep. employee. I mean, imagine a system with a hundred thousand employees. Well, gee, that's a a hundred million three billion. Is that a trillion dollars? I'd have to get my little calculator, which doesn't go high enough. I don't do think it goes high enough. <laughs> the zeros run out. Here, let somewhere. me ask Siri. Hey Siri, what's a million dollars times a hundred thousand? Let's see if she. Uh, one. Let's see. So that's a million. 
That's is that right? Hundred billion dollars. Okay, but it's still billion dollars. One hundred billion dollars to support a hundred thousand people. So to support a million people, it requires a trillion dollars. Now we're talking real money. No. Anyway, all right, but let's thousand, so let's uh, you million, that's yeah, a million. great background, big great backdrop because the story's about what pensions are trying to do to make sure they're going to have that million dollars a person. And by the way, the bigger picture about all this as well, Don, is that bigger and bigger promises were made. I don't blame the employees because they're just having the unions negotiating, mm-hmm. so they got bigger and bigger promises. And if you're on a public type of pension i'm not mad at you i think it's great you got that deal no 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 you're not the you're not the no, villain no, no those taking pensions are not the villain and, and there I is no add, villain it was just well, short-sightedness there kind now of there is are a vil- villains there now there is kind of a villain i mean the other the, the and people are living longer obviously than when the, a lot of this these promises were made but here's the villain the villain and so right now by the way depending on which person you listen to Pensions can cover about 75% of the the dollars that the million dollars that Don just talked about. They can cover about 750,000 of the million. They don't they don't have the money, they don't have all that. So the villain has been the people that have taken in this money and then managed it. And the the villain the, the villain is all of the people that do it. When you look at these pension plans there isn't just a guy, there are very few of them. That's sitting around saying, just buy a few Vanguard funds and leave it at that. There are so many people in between that are taking off their little piece. And then what happens? Well, then they got to make it up, right? They got to figure out, well, how can we make more money? Well, this is where the recent news comes from. More pensions are using leverage. That's right. They're going to borrow money so that when stocks go up, they're going to make more. Guess what that also means? Oh, that other part, like this year, when stocks go down, they lose more. That's part one. The other part is that more and more of them are dipping into things like hedge funds, real estate, private debt funds that make unrated loans, private equity funds that buy, overhaul, and sell companies. So they're taking money, by the way, that had been in bonds. Remember, bonds are the safer part of your portfolio, and they're moving that to things that they believe will make them more money over time and try to make that up. But what's the evidence show? This is fascinating. This is from the Wall Street Journal. The Pennsylvania Public School Employees Retirement System has used leverage since 2012. Um, Guess what? The fund's five-year annualized return at the end of 2020, 5.6. That trails the (laughs) 6.9% national average that's a one and a half percent a year delta. Wait a minute, that was over what period? Five years. And they hadn't used leverage too much before that. So this is I think it's nuts. I really do. They've they've reduced their their bond holdings uh to twenty two percent, down from thirty percent. As I said, much of that bound from thirty three percent, by the way, in two thousand two. Much of that has gone into some what we would call alternatives. Things that, you know, that are less liquid, things that cost you more, things that you hope will be more productive. No, I don't think this is good public policy in any sense of the word. This is very interesting. What was the number again? Their five-year performance using leverage, alternatives, taking more risk. 5.6% 
5.6%. The national average was 6.9. My guess is if you go look at just a, a basic 60-40 in index funds, which you is what I did, that. which is what I did. Yeah. The Vanguard Balanced Index Fund, yeah. VBINX, over the past 5 years with 60% in a very diversified portfolio of equities, heavily weighted toward the S&P 500, of course, 40% high-quality bonds, no leverage, no alternatives, no gimmickry, no market timing, no fancy strategies, no high fees. Because you remember, the the, the, the these pension funds are paying these guys ridiculously high fees, Layered. as high as 2%. And then they get half. I mean, all these people yeah. got their so hand in the cookie jar. We're talking jar. about the Vanguard Balanced Index Fund has a fee, an annual fee of 0.18%, 18 basis points. And its average annual return for the past five years with this very conservative mix of stocks and bonds five, or 6.75%. Okay, now remember this is 6. at the 6.75%. You need to run it through the end of 2020. So oh. 2020, 2019, oh. it'll be higher. Oh, that'll be an even better number yeah, if I will. run it 2020, through the end of- 2020, 2019, oh. 2018, 2017, 2016. So 2016 through 2020. Oh, well, let me run those numbers. Because That's going to be that, a lot more It will because you will not have this year's difficulties so in there. January of 2016? Correct. Through the end of 2020. Through December of, hold on. For those people who say we plan the show out, you can clearly see that that is not. Well, no, we just thought of. I just thought of this. <laughs> Let's. That, this get is a through twenty twenty. Yeah. Really? Why so long ago? That's just the number that they have. I'm no. just quoting the Wall Street Journal here. I wonder why they use that weird number. That may I be mean, the last re- bunch of reporting they have enough for. I really don't know. Huh? Isn't that interesting? Um, I'm trying to get it as a, oh yeah. Uh, well, I see that's total return. No, that's through 2019. Uh, okay. I'm, I'll get it later if I can. You go okay. ahead and talk for a minute. Well, okay. So let's unpack this a little bit for you, the investor. Here's the really great news. Truly great news. Pension funds, not unlike actively managed mutual funds or many parts of the industry or stockbrokers. They have to do well quarter to quarter, quarter to quarter, and, and quarter to, to goiter, and to quarter goiter, yeah, quarter uh, to goiter. <laughs> so you don't have to do that. So you don't have to be making all these special moves. You don't have to be. You can simply rely on the returns of stocks and bonds, which we're trying to show you have done very, very well. You don't have to be facing off with these quote unquote money managers that think they're being really smart and being really cute by using things like leverage and the aforementioned alternative but, investments. But, but, you know, the problem is there isn't anything that the participants in these pension programs can do about this. No. I, 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 here's what bothers me is the fact that given enough time uh, that – this could really cause even more stress on on pensions and make them far less reliable. And and there may very well come a day when the government can't afford to bail out all the pensions out there. And that is my concern. And and I think that's a big reason why we see a lot of corporations just totally abandoning them 
and uh, some of the public entities looking at other alternatives because it's just unsustainable. Well, and I think there have been cases in Illinois where people have had their pensions reduced while they're on their pension. I personally, I think that's immoral because I think you tell people, here's what you earned. Here's what you're going to get. And let's be honest, many times people work in the public sector and think I'm making a little less today because I'm going to have a good pension mm-hmm. oh, when I'm done. Of course they think that. Of course That's a trade-off. Yeah, and then yeah, they find yeah. out they're not going to get it and their lifestyle's accustomed to whatever they were getting. I don't think that's fair in all. So the other part of all this, Don, that quite frankly is fascinating, that the, the one pension fund they can look at that I mentioned that used leverage in that period of time ended up making substantially less than just again, boring, a more boring type of portfolio without borrowing money. And the idea, frankly, that you can trade bonds, safe bonds for bonds, real estate, private debt, private equity, and try to pretend that they're in any way equivalent is an outrage. Because they are and, not. And and the lesson really for, for us as investors is that no matter what any advisor, and I use that term very loosely, uh, no matter what any advider, advisor tells you about all these special gadgets and gizmos they happen to offer at their firm, the reality is it's all a bunch of BS, people. It's a bunch of BS. It is just not it's just not true. And, and, it, and it's been proven to not be true over and over again. Taking more risk doesn't always increase return. No, it has to be smart you, risk. Yeah. And many if it's risk, put in. sure. If it's higher risk with higher fees, then it's self-defeating. I was just getting to that. My guess, by the way, if they could go buy a bond portfolio for pretty cheap. But when you start tossing in all these alternatives that are fancy, you end up paying a lot more money to own those than you do uh, the bonds. I think this is, as I say, I think it's outrageous. I think it's dangerous. And I think it's fraught with what you just mentioned, with the possibility that these pensions are even going to be in a worse place in the next five to 10 years. Because again, depending on what stock and bond markets do, if they get in some of these illiquid type of things and they can't get out when they need to pay people their million dollars, that could be a really, really bad place to be. 855-935-TALK. That is a phone number you can use to call us with questions. You can also send them in, even record them at TalkingRealMoney.com. But a lot of folks prefer to type them, so we try to answer some of those on the occasional podcast, like this one that came in from Anchorage, Alaska, our most northern state. Hey, Tom and Don. My mother has most of her retirement savings in her 401k plan at work. I haven't looked in a while, but it's a relatively small amount under 300000 That's a pretty good amount. Sure. She has it in a 2025 target date fund. She recently told me she plans to work until 70, eight more years. So I'm thinking of having her move it to the 2030 target date fund to be a little bit more aggressive. I'm not someone who believes in market timing, but with the bond volatility, I just wanted to confirm that she can make this move and doesn't need to wait for some reason. That's, by the way, that's fascinating because that has come up twice uh, recently in conversations that I've had, my Saturday morning conversations, uh, about mo- making a change now because the market is down. Now, the interesting thing about that is in 2022, 
when we will talk about this on a future podcast, that stocks and bonds have both lost value. That is an unusual but not exceptional occurrence. So the idea that you would move from something like the 2025 to the 2030, I think it's fine. And I don't think in today's market, it's there's really a big difference one way it's- or the other. It's going to be a, a a 4% change or so in the portfolio. In the stock to bond ratio. Yeah, in yeah, the stock to bond ratio. It's going to be, be so huge. small. And again, yeah. both of them are down. Stocks and bonds are down. So you're not selling something that's in an awkward position. No, I'd say go ahead and, and make the I'd change now. i absolutely do it. Yeah, we both agree. And if you want one of those fun-filled Saturday mornings with Tom, <laughs> or you'd like to spend a little time with any of our other advisors ah, at Vestry okay. by Appella, someone yeah. else, mm-hmm. uh, it is so easy to, to get some free time from us. It's not like the free consultations you get other places. Oh, yeah. We'll roll you into a yeah, nice annuity. We don't, we don't, we don't push oh, you to do okay. anything at all. So you have fun. You get some information. You can do it just by setting up an appointment at Vestory.com. V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. That's Vestory.com. I'm Don over there in Seattle, where I am assuming it's a lot cooler than where I am. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're not even going to hit <laughs> yeah. 70 degrees yeah. today, so. Yeah, I've I've exceeded seventy in my house. By <laughs> I think on your forehead factor. it's hundred and twelve degrees right now. Oh, there you go. Can't Looking wait to kind of warm. Can't wait to do the wet video podcast. <laughs> um, Somebody get the squeegee quick. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I'm Don McDonald. That's Tom Cock. We hang out talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial product or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.